If you have your Bibles this morning, please turn with us to the Old Testament book of Joshua. The Old Testament book of Joshua. So enjoyed our study of the book of Exodus and that great journey of redemption. And you kind of leave the book of Exodus on a high note. The tabernacle has been finished. The glory of God fills it. And so ends the book of Exodus. And you would just love to read further that that generation followed Moses and was obedient to God and went in and possessed that promised land. But we know that that is not the reality of their story. It was a sad circumstance that happened between the end of the book of Exodus and the beginning of the book of Joshua, that they came up to the cusp of all that God had promised. They sent out the spies or the witnesses into the land, and the report came back, and many of the spies caused the people's hearts to melt because of the difficulties that they saw that they were going to have to go through to gain that that God has promised to them. But there were two that were faithful, Joshua and Caleb, and said, let us go up at once and take the land. We, we are able. God is with us. But they displeased the Lord in not obeying His command and His voice. And so a curse was put upon that generation. And every man of that generation died in the wilderness and never got to step foot into the promised land except for Joshua and for Caleb. And we know that it was 40 years that they were in the wilderness. Does anybody know why God chose 40 years for them to be in the wilderness? Does anybody remember the reason why? It was four. Oh, you remember Brother Paul? Right, good try, good try. Uh, I like that logic. It was actually because that's how many days that the, the spies uh, spied out the land. Brother Robert, would you go out into the parking lot? There's a couple out there. They're taking pictures or something. I just, I'm not sure. Just see about them. Thank you. Sorry for that. <laughs> um, peripheral vision's bad sometimes, right? Right, it was, it was 40 days that they spied out the land, and they came back, they brought the negative report, and God said, okay, for 40 years, you're going to wander in the wilderness. And we uh, said, how, much, how sad it must have been. There must have been a funeral almost every day. But God still, even though that they were rebellious, he, he gave them an opportunity, a second chance, after that that was over, to come into the promised land again, and that is where we begin the book of Joshua. Moses has, has died and passed off the scene. And Joshua now has become the new leader of the people of God. And so this is the theme for the book of Joshua. I'd like you to write this down. And it's, and it's kind of uh, will be what we use throughout all the messages through this book. Promises made. Promises kept, promises enjoyed. Promises made, promises kept, and promises enjoyed. Now, there were promises made on both sides of the equation. We rejoice to think about the promises God made, amen, and the promises that God kept. But also, I want you to know that hand in hand with the promises that God made, and the promises that God kept, that the people of God also made promises. They made promises to God. And, hallelujah, to the, to the largest degree of almost any generation that we read about in the Bible, they kept the, those promises and they enjoyed the promises of God. And so what we see in the book of Joshua, and it's true throughout all of Scripture, that the truth of God's sovereignty 
and the truth of man's responsibility are parallel lines that run together. And so we see that in the book of Joshua. And so I just want us to also think about that for our lives, that God indeed has made wonderful, precious promises to us. Amen? And God is always going to keep those promises, and they are there for us to enjoy. They are the very pole stars of our pilgrimage in this life. You know, before GPS, the sailors of old, they would use the stars to navigate them uh, at night. And, and uh, Polaris is located near the, up above the North Pole, and it was always there, and they could always use, use that to guide them in their journeys. And so are the promises of God for us as well. But beloved, there are also promises that we have made vows that we have taken as members of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, as followers of His Son, uh, the Lord Jesus. And we must be determined, as all that within us is, to try to keep those promises as well. And I encourage you just to think about that in your life this morning. And so, just kind of want to turn first. We're going to read Joshua chapter 1, but I want to turn to the theme verse for the book of Joshua. Would you join me in Joshua chapter 23? This is toward the end of the book and toward the end of Joshua's life. And he even says in this verse that he knows that his time has come to an end. And all of our times are going to come to an end. Amen? Man is born of woman is a few days, the Bible says, and often full of trouble. But what a wonderful life that Joshua was blessed to live. It, it kind of started out bad for Joshua, but it ended so wonderfully well. And so he, he says this to us, and I just want your heart to lay hold of this today. Joshua 23 and verse 14. And behold... This day, I'm going the way of all the earth. And ye know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. All are come to pass unto you, and not one thing hath failed thereof. Hallelujah. What a great testimony at the end of a man's life that he could stand and say, I'm fixing to pass off the scene. I'm fixing to die. But he said, what I want to declare to my generation and the generations going before that God kept His Word to us. Everything that He, he promised us, that He hasn't failed us in one single thing that He has promised to us. Well, hallelujah. This is a great book of triumph and a victorious faith in God, the kind of life that we should all desire to live. So let's uh, go now back to that first chapter, and let's just get this first chapter for context. So, much, so many powerful verses, even in this first chapter. Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, we'll read the whole first chapter together. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Have y'all heard some great promises so far? Man, be strong and of a good courage. 
For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, here it is again, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Now I just want to pause right there. Do you see those great two truths going hand in hand? The sovereignty of God and God's will, but also man's responsibility before a sovereign God. Do you also see that uh, the promises of God, they're there and they're sure, but God is, is uh, telling Joshua they're going to have to be possessed. There's enemies that are going to have to be uh, fought. There's battles that are going to have to be waged, but I'm going to be with you. And you be strong, it's going to be worth it all. What a great message for our lives in our day. Promises made, promises kept, promises enjoyed. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare you victuals, for within three days you shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. And to the Reubenites, and to the Gadites, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh spake Joshua, saying, Remember the word which Moses the servant of the Lord commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest, and hath given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan, but you shall pass before your brethren armed, all the mighty men of valor, and help them, until the Lord hath given your brethren rest, as he hath given you. And they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them. Then shall ye shall return unto the land of your possession, and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side, Jordan, toward the sun rising. Oh, and I love this. And they answered Joshua, saying, All that thou commandest us, we will do. Here's the promises. And whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. According as we hearken unto Moses in all things, so will we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee, as he was with Moses. Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment, and will not hearken unto thy words in all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. And then he ends chapter 1, it ends chapter 1 on that high note, only be strong, and what? And of good courage. Well, hallelujah. Today, we're not going to really dive into exposition of the text so much as just kind of give an introduction and the layout of the book of Joshua. And so first, we just want to look at the title of the book. The title of the book is, of course, the name of the main character of this book, Joshua or Joshua. Many of you already know, and I just want to say, and I know Brother Andy feels this way, it's, it's wonderful to preach to people that know their Bibles. It really is. You can save so much time and get so much more taught because you don't have to explain everything or, or go to everything because what a blessing that you've been raised in the church, that you are all students of God's Word. It always is such a blessing to see you taking notes, following along. And I just want to say as your pastor, that I'm very thankful for that. And, it, and it's a joy to be able to preach to people that are that way. And I hope that you just want to continue to grow uh, in that. And I believe that you're well fed here and I'm thankful for that. So you know that Joshua is actually the Hebrew name of Jesus. Jesus is a Greek translation of the Hebrew name Joshua. And the name and the title means, I'd like you to write this down, Yahweh is salvation. Yahweh is 
salvation. And isn't it true that that is ultimately true even more so of the Lord Jesus Christ? That as Joshua was able to lead those people into the promised land and allowed them to possess all of God's promises, but that was just a timely uh, inheritance for them. But with Jesus, our great leader, our Yeshua, our one that truly is not, not just uh, uh, earthly blessings, but heavenly blessings, eternal salvation is in and only through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And I love what it said. The angel said, and thou shalt call, Matthew 1, 21, and you can all quote it with me, you all know this as well, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And so we see this great type and shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ in Joshua. And yes, we often liken uh, Canaan and the promised land to the joys that we will have in heaven. And, and that's not wrong to picture it that way somewhat. But it, it is even more spiritually applicable to um, our Christian walk in this, in this life. It's much more applicable uh, to that in our life in the church, in our life in the kingdom of God, and what we experience and what we go through uh, with God uh, as we live by faith, uh, looking for that final victory and that final uh, day with the Lord. And so even the title itself comes with such a, a wonderful message. Yahweh is salvation. Salvation was not in the keeping of the law. Salvation was not in the sacrifices that were made or in uh, the tabernacle or the instruments or the ceremonies thereof. Even all those, those things were important and they were to do them exactly as God commanded. And there were blessings for them in all of those things. But salvation was in God Himself. Amen. And so all the things that we do in church are important in our lives, to read our Bibles, uh, to pray, to try to do good works, uh, to be uh, good Christians and witnesses in this world. But our salvation doesn't rest in that. Our salvation rests in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And our salvation is by grace through faith in Him. And we want Him to receive all the glory and praise. Today And so even in the title itself is a great and wonderful promise, a promise that was made, a promise that has been kept, and a promise that is even being enjoyed by us right now in this very hour. But beloved, the best is even yet to come for us. Glorification awaits us. Isn't that wonderful to know? I'm so glad that I've been regenerated. I'm glad that I've been justified by faith. I'm glad that I'm being uh, sanctified, but I'm glad that there's something far greater coming and that it's, that it's been promised and that will be kept and that I will enjoy one day. It will be the glorification that we will experience one day as the children of God. Oh, I, I, I just encourage you uh, to comfort yourself. Encourage yourself with that this day. All right, the second thing that we want to look is the time period the time period uh, and this is very like also unto the Lord Jesus Christ we know that Jesus only lived about 30 to 33 years on uh, the earth but he accomplished so much it's amazing what he accomplished in the short span of his earthly life well the book of Joshua only covers about 25 years in regards to actual time in history. From uh, their going in until it says that, and so Joshua conquered all the land. It's a space of about 25 years. Isn't it amazing what God can do with a people who are completely sold out and obedient to Him? And they had waited almost 500 years for this moment in, in time, and so it was about 1400 B.C., 1400 years before Christ. And so if we think 1400 years before Christ, and now it has been about 2,000 years since Jesus was upon the earth, 
We're talking about three and a half millennium since these things took place. But I tell you, beloved, I believe that, that the characters here and the things that happen are just as real as what you and I are experiencing and going through today. Can I get an amen? It's not some fairy tale. It's not something that somebody just made up to try to explain uh, something else. No, Joshua was a real person, as real as you and I, as real as Jesus. And uh, what's amazing is in world history and in ancient human history, uh, during this time period is what is known as, as, as the collapse of the Bronze Age. And it was a time period when all of these nations and kingdoms that had stood for a long time began to fall and began to be conquered. And, and human historians have never been able to figure out what caused it and what happens. But hallelujah, we have the Bible and we know what it was about. It was about the power and the will of God using His people and giving His strength and power to His people to possess the promised land that He had given unto them. Hallelujah. And so we, we even know the unknown today because of the great uh, record of human history and of, of the true stories that the Holy Spirit inspired to be write down, written down and preserved for us even unto this day. So the title, Yahweh, is salvation. The time period, 1,400 years before uh, um, Jesus would be born, the true Yeshua, just a 25-year period. And it's kind of neat the, the place that Joshua has in the canon of Scripture. It's kind of a connecting book. Uh, it kind of connects the law and what happened in Genesis through Deuteronomy to the rest of the Old Testament. And, it, and it, it's the prequel to the beginning of uh, the nation of Israel, which takes us up all the way into the time of Christ. And so it's kind of like Joshua and the book of it and the acts that are recorded of that generation are very awesomely similar to the book of Acts in the New Testament because the, the book of Acts in the New Testament records that great victory of the people of God that were totally sold out to the Lord and had viewed the resurrection and how they turned the world upside down in a short space of time, how Christianity spread. And it connects the Gospels, the four Gospels, to all that's written about in the epistles and who the epistles are written to and how that they came to be formed in, into churches. And so just wanted to kind of see you to see some of the, the beauty of that. And it's a very, very important book as we study the unfolding drama of redemption as is recorded for us through the Bible. And so it's beautiful that this book links the two parts of the Old Testament just as Acts does the two parts of the New Testament. It's this holy history of great victory through the Spirit of God and, and the obtaining of, of many of the promises of God and the enjoyment of those. Now... We want to look just a little while at this main character. Joshua. Joshua. We always have a joke among us, our preachers. Uh, we, uh, we say, um, which uh, Old Testament leader didn't have a father? And uh, they would say, oh, it's Joshua. Well, why is it Joshua? Because he was the son of none. <laughs> Anybody else get that? Okay, a little, little preacher humor. Don't expect uh, you to go share that one at work, but I always thought it was kind of clever. Joshua, the, the son of none, but he uh, was born uh, in the time of slavery. Think about the beginnings of Joshua. And everybody before him had been a slave. And probably when he was born and he was uh, beginning to grow up, there was probably still that edict. Uh, that the Pharaoh had made for the sons uh, to be uh, destroyed and cast into the Nile. And that was Moses was saved. I believe also, I can't really prove this from the scriptures, but I believe that Joshua was probably one of those ones that was also saved, Sister Lydia, by the midwives and, and preserved some way from uh, that uh, edict of death that was passed over 
those in that uh, generation. And so uh, just like Jesus also, uh, we see that type and shadow there that Herod pursued uh, to kill uh, God's uh, holy son and he had to flee down uh, to Egypt to escape. We see this miraculous saving of uh, this main character as well. And so we first are introduced to Joshua in the book of Exodus. And I just want to go back a little bit and just remind you kind of his story and how his story begins in the Bible. So his life was really about a great calling. And I'm just going to mention four things that Joshua was called to. And I want you to see the parallels to the Lord Jesus Christ and also make application to your life and to mine. The first thing that we see that Joshua was called to, he was called to be a mighty warrior. He was called to be a mighty warrior. Go to Exodus 17, and this is the first mention of Joshua in the Bible. Exodus 17, verse 9. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men, and go out, fight with Amalek tomorrow. I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. And I'm not going to read the rest of the story. Y'all know how that story went, that as long as Moses was able to hold up his his hand, Israel and Joshua were prevailing in the fight as his hand uh, weakened. Uh, they, they began to not be as victorious. And then Aaron and Hur, right, they go up and they hold up Moses' hand and the rod of God and they win uh, the victory. And Joshua was chosen out of the people of God. And this is amazing to think about. This one that had been born a slave. Kind of like, remember how insignificant the disciples were. This, these fishermen, uh, just these tax collectors. Uh, one was uh, uh, known as a zealot. Uh, this obscure men uh, called to follow Jesus and do extraordinary, incredible things. Well, so Joshua also, he has in him the heart of a warrior king and he's willing to go down and and fight and sweat uh for uh the the uh, will of god and the work of god because uh uh look in verse 13 of that same chapter it says and joshua discomfited amalek and his people with the edge of the sword and the lord said unto moses write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of who? Of Joshua. Why did, why did God say that? Why was that written down? Because this was just the beginning of the battles that Joshua was going to have to fight in his life. Beloved, there's still giants in the land in our day. There's still a great enemy out there trying to destroy our culture, trying to destroy God's church, trying to destroy your marriage, trying to destroy your children. And we need some warriors in our day. We need some Caleb's. We need some Joshua's. May God raise them up in our midst. And thank you, Lord, for the ones that you placed before me and the ones I see coming up after me. And may I seek to be one as well, one called to be a a mighty warrior for God. And so they said, rehearse this in the ears of Joshua. What? That God gave him victory as he obeyed the Lord. God gave him victory. And so you and I, don't we need to hear that again, right? Sometimes it's so easy to feel discouraged. Sometimes it's so easy to feel defeated. But let God rehearse it in your ears. You are more than conquerors. To him that has loved you. You have been given the armor of God and the sword of the Spirit. Be valiant to fight the enemies that are within and the enemies without. There's still Hittites in the land. There's still the giants, the Anakim, that are in Mount Hebron. 
There are still the Jebusites that would come to us and try to trick us and get us to compromise and let them into our blessings. Right? You remember that story in Joshua? They put on old clothes, the Jebusites, y'all remember that? And said, we come from a long journey, we don't have any place, let us make a treaty with you. And they fooled them, right? Oh, that's still in our day. We are called to war. We are called to be a mighty warriors. And don't you love about the Lord Jesus Christ that He is called the captain, the captain of our salvation. I ask you, was Jesus a mighty warrior? Oh, he was, man. He fought our enemies, didn't he? Sin, death, hell, and the grave. And don't you love even how he fought the devil in the wilderness? And the devil came against him, and Jesus defeated him with the word of God and with the promises of God. He defeated him and put him to flight. As, as Joshua, beloved, he had the leaders of the tribes come out and put their foot on the necks of their enemies. But our Jesus has done greater than that because through His cross, He has smote the head of the serpent and destroyed His power over the nations and His influence over this world. He has broken the power of the grave and of death. A mighty warrior is the Lord Jesus Christ. So Joshua was called to be a warrior, but he was also called to be a minister. Joshua just didn't have to learn how to fight. Joshua had to learn how to serve. Amen? He wasn't just all about uh, going out and, you know, using his sword and using his natural strength. Uh, we read all those things that he went through with Moses as Moses took him under his wing and began to teach him how to be a leader and how uh, to serve the Lord. And he had to, to see uh, how difficult it was sometimes even to lead God's own people that it's not just the enemies that are without, but the enemies that are within as well and how to stay true uh, to what God had promised and, and, and to be faithful uh, in you know, that's one of the things that always impressed me the most about Joshua, and y'all have heard me say it many times, and I don't know that I could have done it. You know, he, he went through all that, the exodus, he saw God's mighty hand, he went in and he saw all the land that had been promised them and how wonderful it was, and he was so ready at 40 years old to just go up and possess it, and he gave the good report, and then he had to go back and suffer. All those 40 years, the best years of his life, Brother Andy. He suffered in the wilderness with the people of God. But he didn't turn tail and run. He didn't turn his back on being a servant and being a minister. Look at this, Exodus 24. What did uh, Jesus also say as, as you turn there? Exodus 24 and verse 13. And Moses rose up and his minister, Joshua, and Moses went up into the mount of God in our own text. That's what Joshua first describes himself as in Joshua 1.1. He calls himself Moses' what? Sir. Minister, servant. That's right. Oh, beloved, we must never forget that that's some of our greatest calling in this life. And I think about the Lord Jesus Christ, the parallels. For Jesus said, the Son of Man has not come to be ministered to but to what but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many and i just love this about joshua that joshua dedicated his life to the glory of god he dedicated his life to the the people of god and even when times got hard even when things didn't turn out the way that he had hoped or the way that he wanted them to go he didn't give up he didn't lose sight of what God had promised in that one day it would be his and how God was with him because it says when they went in in another place in scriptures that Joshua and Caleb were in their 80s but he said I'm just as strong today as as the day that we had to go back uh, into the wilderness 40 years ago God had had kept them incredibly uh, zealous for him. Uh, Brother Kevin and I have joked about this, 
that uh, every day that passed in the wilderness that Joshua and Caleb would just encourage us to say, oh man, it's just uh, one more day uh, closer till we get another chance to go back in. Kept their eye on the prize. Didn't say, well now uh, all my best years have been wasted and, and now it's just too late. No. Uh, they were ready. They were, they were mountain men. They were mighty warriors. And he said that he was a minister and and how that he did and he he showed humility uh before moses and i love it about how that it, it, it describes him one time when we read it when we were in exodus that he just was dwelling in the tabernacle do y'all remember that that josh was just dwelling there and oh how god brought him so close to his heart and what a wonderful visits that he has and we're going to read about it how that a pre-incarnate uh uh, theophany of, of Jesus Christ himself comes uh, to Joshua uh, to strengthen him before the battle of Jericho and says, I'm going to be right beside you, dear one. Oh, how wonderful, how, how powerful it is to be one of the Lord's ministers. Well, he was also called to be a witness uh, here in the scriptures, they would say a spy. Remember, he was one of the ones that was chosen out, one of the twelve that was chosen out to go out and spy the land or give a witness about the land. And I think this parallels with Jesus as well, right? Who is the greatest witness that has ever walked on the face of the earth? Oh, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is God's great witness to us and we are to be witnesses of him and for him in this world now joshua truly did get to go into the promised land and saw it and come back and give a good report of it but guess what land that jesus has come from he has come from heaven's pure world and he knows it better than anybody and he's told us about it and he's told he's going to prepare a place for us that where He is one day, we're going to be also. And He said, if it weren't so, I wouldn't have told you. Because He's God's faithful witness. And I love that about Joshua as well. Let's look in the book of Numbers. It's some of the story that we've kind of skipped over. But it, it's okay for me to do that here because I know y'all know all those stories. And the wanderings in the wilderness. And how Balaam, remember that awful prophet Balaam? He was hired out to come against them and to prophesy against them. And even he was riding his donkey, y'all remember? And the, the donkey wouldn't go and, and Balaam was trying to strike the donkey. And the donkey spoke to him and said, paraphrasing, Don't you see that angel there? That he's going to kill us. And Balaam tried to go out and, and curse the people of God. But every time he opened his mouth, what came out true? Blessings. Blessings. On Israel, right? That's just some of the stories that, that they went through. Uh, Numbers 13, are you there? And so this is the story about the sending out of the spies. And I just want you to see that this was something that, that uh, Joshua was called to to Call to be one of God's great witnesses in this world. And so his name's a little bit different here, but we know that it is Joshua. Numbers 13 and verse 16. These are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy, witness, secretly search out the land. And Moses called Oshea, the son of Nun, Jehoshua. Joshua is who that that is. And so he was one of those. And he and Caleb came back and gave that faithful report. Beloved, I just want to challenge you and challenge myself today. That we are the witnesses. That's what Jesus said. Ye are my witnesses. Beloved, in a lost and dying world, in a world full of confusion, in a world full of darkness and error, may you shine as lights in the world. May you continue to be the salt of the earth. May you give a true and accurate witness of what is now, of what has been, and what is to come. Let your witness be true, not just with your words, not just with our words. And that's what made Joshua so, 
so powerful in his life and his witness that was true in his life. His life backed up the witness that he had. And then, lastly, as we're going to see him throughout this book, he was called to be a leader. He was called to be a leader. He, it wasn't something that he came forward out of the crowd and said, Hey, I'm the man for the job. I'm the next man up. You know, give this to me. I got this. No, it, it was something that he was called to. We believe in a God-called ministry. And all of us are called to leadership in our lives. Amen? Leadership in our families. Leadership in our communities. Leadership in the church. And all how we need godly leaders. And so Joshua here... Let's go to Numbers 27. Are you there with me? I just want you to see how that this took place. And it's part of the reason why that he was so successful. Isn't it amazing how successful Joshua was? It's amazing to me. In 25 years, he conquered that whole land that had been promised with nations that had been established for centuries who had Huge armies, the most, the most advanced technology of the day. In 25 years, he took it all. Oh, man, what a leader we have before us to consider. And it's important who our leaders are, isn't it? That's why we all need to pray for this next election, that God would give us wisdom to vote for godly leaders. It's so important because as the leader goes, so goes the nation. Oh, may we, may we be in prayer for that. Here in Joshua 27, 22, and 23, and this whole book is, is kind of about this. It's not, not the whole book, but the whole chapter. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him. There it is about Moses again, right? The meekest man on earth, the friend, the man that spoke with God face to face. Moses did as the Lord commanded him. And he took Joshua and set him before Eleazar the priest, and before all the congregation. And he laid his hands upon him, and gave him a charge, as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. And you read in verse 18, And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee Joshua, the son of Nun, a man is in whom is the Spirit, and lay thy hand upon him. There is that passing of the church that ordination of Joshua to be the next leader when Moses had passed off the scene. Beloved, I'm so thankful for the leaders that God has put in Zion in my lifetime. I'm so thankful for them. It has been hard to watch some of them pass off the scene. But I'm also thankful that God raised up men to walk also in their same spirit oh, with the same truth that they believed. Uh, still marching to Zion with the people of God. And I'm thankful to see others being raised up to also do the same thing. What a wonderful provision that that is of the Lord Jesus Christ. How that He raised up His disciples and apostles and trained them and commissioned them. And He ordained them and laid His hands upon them. And they also did to faithful men. And we have been commanded to do the same. And Jesus Christ, when He ascended up on high, He led captivity captive. And He what? He gave gifts unto men. Oh, how wonderful that Joshua was called to be a leader. Now, as we move along, as we, we're kind of staying with Joshua here, just introducing ourselves to the book and to that powerful theme of the book, promises made, promises kept, promises enjoyed. We see this in the life of Joshua, in his character, in his calling as a warrior, as a minister, as a witness, as a leader. We see that in Jesus also, who is our great example to follow in this life. And so we want to apply these things to our life that we keep our promises, that we enjoy the blessings that God has for us in our lifetime. All oh, that we have it whispered in our ear again, be strong and of good courage. Remember how I helped you uh, defeat 
the Amalekites and gave you the victory. There's no man that's going to stand before you. I'll never fail you. I'll never forsake you. Everywhere your foot goes, I'm going to be with you. And it's going to be your possession. Whoa. Now, how was, Mo, how was Joshua such a successful leader? Four things here. Four things here. I hope I'm not giving you too many points today. But you can go back and, and you can study these things on your own too and even glean some more out of them. So I'm going to go quickly through, through these. Uh, what caused Joshua or allowed Joshua to be so successful? The first thing that we see in him was his submission. We see the submission of Joshua. And I just love this so much what it says about him. I wish that that this could be said more about me. I love what what Jesus said even about himself uh right before he was about to give his life and the garden of Gethsemane was coming up and Jesus made this statement out loud. He said, "The prince of this world cometh, but he hath no part in me." Oh, how Awesome, and we've seen that it's that God said that Joshua was full of the Spirit, a man in whom my spirit is, and Jesus Christ was given the Holy Ghost without measure. Oh, may we be full of the Spirit, full of godly submission. Here we see his great submission to the Lord, and we see, we'll see throughout the book that whatever God requires of Joshua, that no sacrifice was too great and no service was too small. No detail was insignificant to Joshua. Here in Numbers 32, 12, would you read this with me? We'll go up to verse 11. Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, unto Jacob, because they have not Holy followed me. The strength of your power with God and of your witness and of this world, beloved. It's not in how talented you are or how talented I am. It's not in how smart you are. It's not in how much of the Bible that you know or that you don't know. But your, the power that you have in your witness and in your walk before the Lord and in this world is your submission and your surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. The greatness of Joshua's power was measured in the greatness of his surrender to the Lord. But we read, they not, have not wholly followed me. Now verse 12, save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun. Listen to this submission. May you, may you and I pray it in our daily prayers, for they have wholly followed the Lord. Hallelujah. That's, that's, a, that's a great commission right there, isn't it? A great challenge to wholly follow the Lord. Not only in His submission, but in His sacrifice. Uh, he, he was willing to sacrifice. And we see this in the Lord Jesus Christ too, don't we? How He says, Father, not Your will, but My will be done. Oh, the submission of the Lord Jesus Christ, that He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. But what was it for? For the joy that was set before Him. He despised the shame of it, but He endured the cross. So did Joshua. Everything that he had to go through, even for 40 of the best years of his life, and wandering the wilderness. But I believe that Joshua used that time uh, to prepare that next generation to go in and possess the promised land. Beloved, there was some training. There was some preparation that went on during that time. They didn't just sit around and twiddle their thumbs. Amen? Amen. Yeah. And there were sacrifices. And Jesus Christ, all oh, what He sacrificed for us, though He was rich, yet for our sakes He became poor, that we through His poverty might be made rich. You know, Joshua, in all of his battles, in all of the fighting that he did, he, we never read that he was wounded. We never read, read that he was killed in battle. But Jesus was wounded. Amen? I ask you, was he wounded in his hands? Was he wounded in his feet and his side? 
Did he even lay down his own life so that we might have eternal life and be possessors of the true promised land? Oh, the submission, but also the sacrifice. To be a great and successful leader, you have to be surrendered to the will of God. You have to be willing to sacrifice for the glory of God and the good of His people. But also His service. Not only submission, not only sacrifice, but His service. He remains sensitive to the Lord's authority and method. And, and He is described as a great uh, servant. And His service in the Old Testament is unparalleled. And so uh, we read back in chapter 1 of Joshua again. He says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. And thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have, what are we talking about? Success as a leader? Good success. And don't turn to the right hand or to the left. But be faithful. And then his sanctification. Oh, his sanctification. Joshua found full favor and victory through total dependence on God. And seeking God's complete purpose in his life. And so there is that great, great verse. One of the most powerful verses in the book of Joshua. And everybody in here, if you haven't memorized it already, you need to memorize it. Here it is at the very end of his life. Kind of his final charge to the people of God. With his dying breath, he, he challenges the people of his day, and you all know it so well. And we see his sanctification, how that he wanted to be set apart to be a successful leader before God in his day. Even in the short 25 years, from 80 to about, I forget, it tells in the end how many uh, years more that he lived. It was like 105, uh, I think, that Joshua lived. 24, Joshua 24, 15. You all know this one. And it will seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whom land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will what? We will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. So it's not so much a matter of who you are, or what you are. But the question is, am I under God's control? Am I a person that's under God's control? So then, lastly, as we close, this is going to be real quick, beloved. I don't want you to panic at all. But we're going to do application of Joshua for my life. A application of Joshua for my life. We're going to go through these really quick. There's four things here. But I promise you they're going to be really quick. I've had like 12 points today, right? Uh, but I was loaded for bear. Uh, there was so much more that I wanted. If you just knew what I cut out, you'd be so proud of me. <laughs> All right, number one, application for Joshua for my life, prepare for war. Prepare for war. Beloved, we are in a daily battle for the glory of God. There are blessings and promises in our life that must be fought for. Amen. There are enemies all about that we've read about. Prepare for war. That's what Joshua in chapter 1, he, he says, tell the people. It's time to go over and possess the land. It's time to cross the Jordan and go in and do battle for the Lord. Know that Monday morning, be prepared for war, beloved. Have your armor on. Be ready for battle. And know that it's going to be that way all the days of your life until you lay your armor down and rise into the glorious victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. The battle is long. The battle is hot. Oh, sometimes it was, it was difficult, even with a great leader like Joshua. You remember how that they had defeated Jericho. Then he unknowingly, Achan had taken that... Uh, Babylonian garment, the gold, the silver, he didn't it. Joshua didn't know. He sent some soldiers to go attack this little town of Ai, and they came running back with their tails between their legs, right? Sometimes you have setbacks. Even Joshua 
as great a leader as he was. You have setbacks sometimes. Paul told Timothy, you got to endure hardness as a good soldier. Prepare for war. Number two, begin the conquest. Begin the conquest. Joshua 6.1 Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Beloved, begin the conquest. One battle at a time. One day at a time. Know what you're fighting for. Know who you're fighting for. Know who you're fighting against. And remember, as we said before, you are more than conquerors through Him that has loved you. Begin the conquest. Even if the city's walls look as high as to heaven, even if there's mountains where it looks like only giants dwell, be like Caleb said, give me this mountain. Blow the trumpets of God and, and march around these things and shout victory for the glory of God. Day by day, moment by moment, begin the conquest and then obtain the inheritance. It's not all about the fight. It's not all about the war. But, you know, even in our passage, we, we read about that some of the people of God were already enjoying, had already been given some of their inheritance. Y'all remember that? These tribes, a couple of them, Moses had already, they said, we're going to go ahead and give this to you. for, And they were already enjoying it. Well, in this life, we've been given some wonderful things of inheritance. The church. Oh, the blessings of a godly life, our family, our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, all the wonderful truths and knowledge that we have, all these promises. Enjoy your blessings. Enjoy that part of the inheritance that has already been promised and bequeathed to you and, and anticipate that even more and greater is yet to come. But don't get so involved in the fight. Don't get so involved in the battle. Sometimes you don't also smell the roses and enjoy what has been won and what has been given. I love this. Uh, you don't have to turn here. I'm just going to read it to you because I'm running out of time. Y'all have been so good to me today. I hope that it has encouraged you so much. I just love this. Joshua eleven twenty three. Just write it down in your notes. So Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord said unto Moses. And Joshua gave it for an inheritance unto Israel, according to their division by their tribes, and the land rested from war. Hallelujah. That we have times like that in our life. Golden moments. Sweet the moments, rich in blessings that we have in this life. Make the most of them. Enjoy them. Obtain the inheritance. And then lastly, enjoy the continued blessing. Enjoy the continued blessing. Don't take it for granted. Don't rest on your laurels. Hmm, no. Pass the promises and the blessings down to many generations. Because it wasn't just Joshua and his generation that enjoyed them. But I love to read that not only their generation, but a whole other generation stayed faithful to the Lord and enjoyed all those inheritance, all that, that blessing. But then they began to take it for granted. They forgot to pass it down. They, they rested on the laurels of days gone by. And it began to ebb slowly away from them. And uh, this is just the last challenge this is a write this one down joshua 23 8 because moses uh, joshua was very careful and I, and I need to be very careful of this because most of the time all the time when i'm talking about the promises of god i'm always focusing on the positive aspects of them and i think we should do that don't y'all oh, yes. yes. but it's a dual-edged sword truthfully in the word of god and if you read the book of joshua you're going to find this that God has said, just as faithful as I'm promising you, that I'm going to let you inherit this and have this if you're obedient and faithful, if you turn away, if you turn away and go your own way and serve idols and, and take me and my ordinances for granted, he said, I'm going to be just as faithful to take it away from you 
and to bring a curse upon you. That's kind of scary, isn't it? But I wanted to be faithful in preaching the Word of God to tell you that that's just as true. And so he's telling them that in, um, in um, this last chapter, in these last chapters. But I want to give you his encouragement here to enjoy the continued blessing. Joshua 23, 8, as we close, but cleave, but cleave. This means to hold fast unto the Lord your God as you have done unto this day. He said, that's where the secret is. That's where, that's where the real blessing is, is to hold fast, to never let go of what God has given to you, has promised you, and be as faithful and as obedient as you can by His grace to Him. Now, beloved, He's made promises. He's kept promises. And we're enjoying those promises. I just encourage you, keep your promise, make your promises to Him. Keep your promises to Him and enjoy Him both now and forever. May the Lord bless you and keep you as our prayer.